Thank you for your presence today. We've all experienced times when what we say or what someone else says to us is misinterpreted. That's human nature. Not so with our sovereign God. He made us and he knows us intricately. Therefore, he knows just how to communicate his will to each of us. Through the indwelling Holy Spirit, we clearly hear and understand God's instructions. How we respond is up to us. The outcome of our response to God's instructions is up to Him. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander speaks to us. Uh, Turn with us to the book of Jonah, chapter 3, verses 4 through 10. We're going to continue where we left off. Jonah, chapter 3, verses 4 through 10 is our text for this morning. The Word of God reads, And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock taste anything. Do not let them eat nor drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. And from this particular passage, we want to preach again. It's time to preach. It's time to preach. Verses 4 through 10, the people of Nineveh believe God. This passage is really saying the people of Nineveh believed God. In this passage, we can clearly see true revival experienced by Nineveh through their response to the preaching of the prophet Jonah. How do you know when genuine revival comes? How do you know when genuine revival comes? Number one, there is no revival apart from believing God. The scripture says in verse 5a, it says, so the people of Nineveh believed God. Underline that. They believed God. I mean, why come to God's house and not believe God? Why are you going to wake up in the morning and not believe God? There is no revival apart from believing God. Beloved, you know that revival has come when there is a heightened sense of consciousness about God. When you have a heightened sense of God's consciousness, you wake up in the morning talking about God. You you think about God as you drive. You think about God in the workplace. You think about God as you relax. It's about God. In other words, there is a true awareness and sensitivity to, to God's holiness. You pay attention and you desire to know more about the character of God. You want to know about The word of God, the Bible, 
And you want to be in the will of God. Revival, revival, that's revival. Revival is having a sensitivity to God's holiness to the point that you want to live holy. His character, and you want your character to reflect God's character. Uh, Revival is getting back to the Bible. That's what the theme of the year is, is getting back to the Bible and not straying from the Bible. If you're in this book, reading this book, meditating on this book, allowing this book, the Bible, to be priority of your life, then your life will not fall to pieces. It will not fall apart. A Bible that's all beautiful and pages smell new usually belong to a life that is falling apart. His word. When you fall in love with his word, that's a true sign of revival. When you have an inner longing to be in God's will, that is revival. Not my will, but your will be done, O God. When genuine revival comes, our heart's desire will be to believe God and to put him at the center of our worship. When revival comes, our desire will be to believe God and put him in the center of our family, in the center of the workplace. We want God to manage our finances. Uh, You want to see your finances fruitful, then you put God first and you give to him first and you honor him with the first of what he has blessed you with. You reap what you sow when you bless God. Uh, You cannot beat God's giving. You honor God with your whole life, the totality of your life, your lifestyle. Genuine revival will move us to deny ourselves and follow Christ. We don't want to follow people. We don't want to follow celebrities. We don't want to follow what the media is saying. We want to follow Christ. There will be a deep desire to glorify God in all that we do. To glorify God with our eyes. To glorify God with our mouth. We want to glorify God with our hands. Glorify God with our attitude. Glorify God with our actions. Glorify God in our behavior. That's true revival, my friend. I pose a question to you today. Do you believe God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? Throughout the pages of Holy Scripture, the Bible, God requires sinners to believe in him alone for salvation. It's God plus nothing else. God plus no one else. God alone. We must believe. Uh, scriptures, Romans 4, 3, I quoted these last week, but they were so critical until the God of my heart uh, just uh, prompted me to say, read them again because you don't hear them enough. You got to believe God. You got to believe what the scripture says about God. Romans 4, 3 says, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted uh, to him for righteousness. Isaiah 43 10 says, you are my witnesses, said the Lord and my servant whom I chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Who is he? God before me. There was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. Mark chapter one, verse 15 says the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. I love that song that they were just singing. And in it they were saying, repent, repent, repent. There's not enough repentance in these songs today. Little feel-goody songs that get you 
emotionally charged. But we need some songs with the blood in it, the cross in it, repentance in it. They kept saying, repent, repent, repent. And I almost got out of my seat just on the word repentance. When is the last time you even said repent? Say repent. Repent. It's dust all over. Let's get the dust off. Let's say say repent again. Say, I need to repent. That's right. Amen. God created us in his image and gave us a perfect world in which to live. In addition to that, our once great nation had God's favor because it was founded on In God We Trust. Consider the world in which we live today. Men and women seek what is pleasurable in their own eyes and have turned away from God. Satan is wreaking havoc on every turn. Lives are continually being destroyed because, as a nation, we refuse to acknowledge what is blatantly before us. Listen to the word of God as Pastor Rander continues. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 18 says, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John 14, 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe In God, your heart will not be troubled when you believe God. Your heart will have peace when you believe God. He says, believe God, believe also in me. John chapter 20, verse 31 says, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The only way to have eternal life is that you must believe the Lord Jesus Christ Uh, In your heart, in in your soul, in your spirit, you must trust him, rely upon him, depend upon him alone to have life, eternal life uh, in his name uh, to the glory of God. First Timothy chapter four, verse 10 says, for to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God. God underline that God is not dead. He's alive. We trust in the living God. He rose from the dead. He's alive. Who is the savior? Uh, he, he's the one that rescued us. As we were uh, damned and on our way to hell, Jesus, as we trusted him alone by faith through grace, he rescued us. He saved us. So it says, because we trust in the living God, who is the savior of all men, uh, especially to those who believe, who believe. I love that. Let's go back to Jonah. Jonah chapter three, verse five, eight says, so the people of Nineveh. We're back in the text. So the people of Nineveh believed God. Again, I ask, do you believe God this morning? Do you really believe God? This is the resounding question that we should ask anyone we encounter in life. What makes believing God so important? What makes believing God so important? People tell you, believe God. Why Why should I believe God? Well, let me give you some spiritual ammunition so that you can share and be confident in your faith. A, believing in God alone is the only way that anyone can be saved and have eternal life. 
Believing in God alone is the only way that anyone can be saved and have eternal life. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. My friend, absolutely no one can get to heaven through any other thing. No one, absolutely no one can get to heaven through any other person. Absolutely no one can get to heaven through any other religion. What kind of religion? I can't name them all, but I will name a few. You cannot get to heaven through Hinduism. You cannot get to heaven through Islam. You cannot get to heaven through Buddhism. You cannot get to heaven through Confucianism. You cannot get to heaven through Mormonism. You cannot get to heaven through Jehovah Witnesses. You cannot get to heaven through Universalism. You cannot get to heaven through Scientology or any other. I could stand here and name 50 more, but time will not permit. Salvation comes only through Jesus Christ alone. How do you know? Because of what the scripture says. In the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 12 it says, nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's what make believing God uh, so important. B, if you fail to believe God, your soul will be eternally lost and without the life of God in it. If you fail to believe God, your soul will be eternally lost and without the life of God Your life will be restless without God. Without God, there is no peace. Without God, there is no serenity. Money cannot bring you peace. Pleasure and football and basketball cannot bring you peace. No, 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 no. Popularity cannot bring you peace. There is no hope apart from salvation. There is no assurance apart from God. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world give do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There are a lot of people whose hearts are filled with trouble, seeing all the mass shootings, seeing all the catastrophes, seeing all the things that are unfolding before our eyes. If you don't believe God, you're going to be a hot mess. The worse this world gets, the, the stronger your faith must be. We, the more wicked this world becomes, the stronger you need to be uh, in your walk with, it, with God, your faith in God, your hope in God, your trust in God. See, uh, if you fail to believe God, you are destined to be defeated by Satan and demons in spiritual warfare. Sadly, some Christians don't even realize that the war is on. We are in spiritual warfare. It is Satan and his demons against God and the angels of light and believers who know the Lord Jesus Christ as his or her personal savior. We are engaged in spiritual warfare. The war is owned. The moment you accept the Lord Jesus as your personal savior, get ready for an intense struggle in your life, even in in your soul and in your heart. When you become saved, you become a new creation. 
And the Holy Spirit is at war against that old Adamic nature. There's an inner war, an inner struggle going on within you. Now, before you came to Christ, there was no struggle. You just did what you did and could care less because you didn't know any better. You were ignorant to the law of God and you could do these things and go home and eat steak and burp and go to sleep. But when you have come into a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, when you hurt somebody, it bothers you. When you say the wrong thing, it bothers you. When you cheat, it bothers you. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit works the work of conviction in you. There is an inner war and then there's an outer war. It is God against Satan and Satan is against the people of God. We are believers. We are the church of the living God and we represent a God. We are children of God and the children of Satan hates the children of God and that's why they harass us. That's why they don't like us. That's why they call us narrow-minded. That's why they call us names. That's why they can't stand us. That's why they don't like our Bible. That's why they don't like the cross. They don't like, that's why they don't like prayer. They don't like nothing about you. Oh, they don't like me. Well, you normal. That's right. You normal. Somebody said, you little narrow-minded saint. You ought to tell them thank you. That's a compliment. Your mind is not open to anything. You, 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 your, your heart is fixed. Your mind is made up to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength to the glory of God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 through 12 says, finally be strong. You can't be a wimp and fight a good fight. You can't be a wimp. You can't let that bullet keep beating you up. You're going to have to sock him a time or two. You know? <laughs> then they'll leave you alone. You, you, you're authorized to sock the devil. You, you know, now, now stop. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind. Satan's not studying you if, if your life is not holy. That's right. If you're not walking in the spirit, you can say all that all you want. Satan knows who's real and who's false. Satan knows who's the hypocrite. You know, uh, the Bible didn't say be weak. He says, finally, be strong. It didn't say be mediocre. It says, be strong. It didn't say be soft. The word of God says, be strong. Uh, not in your strength, but in the Lord's strength and in the power of his might. Put on the full arm of God so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. He's scheming on you now as you're hearing the word of God. He don't even like the fact that you're here today and he's going to mess with you. That's why it's so hard to get to church because he don't want you to hear messages like this. Some, some husbands and wives have the, their worst fight on Sunday mornings. Children become the greatest distraction on Sunday morning. Some folk fight all the way to the parking lot, get out coming to church and say, good morning, Sister Jones. You need to sit down and repent before you even say good morning. And that's right. He, he harasses you. He, may, he, he wants your sleep to be sweet. I mean, you get your best sleep. The pillow feels good. The mattress feels good. You know, everything feels good. I mean, everything comes into your mind to keep you away from God because Satan does not want you uh, saved. He doesn't want you growing. He wants you spiritually anemic, spiritually weak, and in spiritual regression. It says, so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes, his tactics. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities. These are demons in the, in the demonic realm, against the powers of the dark, of the, the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There, there are demons all around. You say, how many are there? I don't know. It's a whole bunch of them. They fell when Satan fell in, uh, in heaven. When he fell and was kicked out of heaven, uh, those who sided with Lucifer in heaven, they fell with him. How many? The Bible don't say. All I know is a whole bunch of them. Now, Satan is just one person. He can only be in one place at a time, by the way. But he has a whole lot of demons that's orchestrating, and he can say, sick them. And they'll move all over this world. And they, they can move around pretty, pretty fast. They are they're supernatural. They have personality. They're, you can't outsmart them. They've been around long before Adam and Eve. And their whole point is to get you in such a mess and, and keep you away from God that you are rendered spiritually ineffective. Repent of a spirit of anger. Some of you need to repent of procrastination. That's why you can't get anything done. That's why the house looks like it does. The garage looks like it does. That's why everything is still a mess. Leave it. Just about everything half done. And blame everybody but yourself. That's why you can't finish your education. That's why you can't finish projects. That's why you can't come to church. That's why you can't disciple anybody. Because it's all about you. Procrastination. Some of you, when I send an invitation, you're going to say, well, no, I won't come this Sunday. I'll come next Sunday. I'll come first Sunday in October. I'll come second Sunday in November. I'll come uh, third Sunday in December. Matter of fact, I'll just wait till the new year and you, you can be dead by midnight. Procrastination is the, one of the chief tools that Satan used to damn your soul to hell. Will you come to Jesus today so that he can save your soul, cleanse your life, and make you whole? Again, I say to you, will you come to Jesus today so that he can save your soul, cleanse your life, and make you whole? Or, let me put it this way, do you even want to be made well? And all God's children said, let's pray. And Father, we thank you for this word. It's sobering convicting, riveting, and we're here today, Lord, because we mean business about God. Come to church with the wrong motives. Come to church looking down on folk, being arrogant, cutting deals, making sales, watching what folk wear, sitting in judgment instead of searching your own heart. Bad motives, Caught up in positions and titles. What does it cost a man to gain the whole world and then lose his soul? The more you bless us, Father, the more humble we ought to be. The more holy we ought to be. Help us, O oh God. Strip us, O oh God. May we deny ourselves and keep you front and center. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said. You heard the word today. I know you understood the word. But the question is, are you going to procrastinate and you're going to delay coming to God? Can't you see the seen and unseen dangers? And some of you walk around, well, it's not my house. 
It's that it didn't happen to me. And you only get concerned when, it's, when it enters your world. How much is enough? What is, it, what is it going to take for you to get serious about your God? God is tired of you putting him on hold with your little puny self. He's sick and tired of your attitude. He's sick and tired of you putting more value in your stuff than the kingdom of heaven. God is tired of the way you think. God is tired of your low standards. He's tired of your bitterness and your grudge. And life is so short to be walking around in a hot mess. God is tired of you having the inability to get along with people. Tired of you being difficult, messy, honorary, gossipy, backstabbing, hitting agendas. When are you going to quit? You're not all of that. It's time to cry out to God and plead the blood of Jesus over our sins, lest he chastens us to death. God is not playing with you. You're not too young to be struck by God. You're not too old either. If you knew what was coming your way, you'd humble yourself. You're here today and don't know Jesus. You need to believe God like you heard in those scriptures. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Come to Jesus now. You don't have a church home. Come to a church. Get get involved in a church. You need to be active in a church. Satan wants you out of the church. He wants you to make another excuse. How many excuses are you going to give yourself before you do the right thing before God? God is getting tired of your procrastination. He'll lay you on that bed where you can't do nothing but think about God. You come now. When we disobey God, we set the stage for our impending destruction. God is our only hope. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We must walk by faith and not by sight. We must obey God and look to the hills from whence cometh our help. And where does our help come? It comes from who made heaven and earth. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.